On this show today, Rich and I discuss the greatest movie of the year, Cocaine Bear, and a classic cocktail perfect to enjoy while you're watching it. I'm your host, Brad Jackson, and you're listening to the March 6th, 2023 edition of Coffee and Koshan. Rich, there is a movie that is just uh, coming out right now, and uh, it's called Cocaine Bear. And what's funny about this to me, um, you heard about this movie, I heard about this movie, uh, you went and saw it, and you said this is like the greatest film of the year, and and in, in the proper world, uh, this should win, uh, you know, just sweep the Oscars. Um, and what's funny to me about this is that uh, there's a, a kid at our office, he's 20-something, and um, he couldn't stop talking about this movie the last few weeks and then he went to see it and he like you just loved it like he he was just so enthralled by this um movie but you know you hear the title cocaine bear and you may not be sure what to expect but this movie that's so great actually has roots in a true story right yes so uh, in 1985 there was a trafficker who was flying and i, I believe uh it was from florida which i i should have researched this <laughs> but uh flying from florida and uh he uh encountered flight trouble and so he attempted to flee. He dumped a bunch of these drugs, a bunch of this cocaine out of the uh, airplane, which was a common practice at the time. You would just dump stuff out in the woods and then people would go retrieve it. And so he dumps a bunch of stuff, attempts to parachute out with another uh, huge amount strapped to his body. Uh, something went wrong with his parachute and he ended up in a person's driveway. But a bear came across one of these duffel bags of cocaine in the woods in Georgia and ingested a bunch of it. Now, in the real version of the story, the bear died. <laughs> there, there was no uh, rampage. But this is what makes it such a fantastic film because the filmmaker decided to ask the question, what if instead of immediately overdosing, the bear got hooked on cocaine and went on rampage <laughs> after rampage. Cause you know, when we sit around at the dinner table and we're thinking of things to discuss totally one, one thing that comes across my mind is whatever happened, what would ever happen if a bear got hooked on cocaine? Yeah. So now we know it. What makes it great is it's just so ridiculous. And it harkens back to me to the 80s, which you and I both know was just a glorious time in the world of filmmaking, because not everything was about, you know, teaching a lesson or having some, you know, big principle involved. It was just about entertaining people. And that's the beauty of Cocaine Bear is that there's no point to it other than entertaining people. See, and I like that. Um, you and I both talked about, um, last year we talked about um, Top Gun Maverick, another movie that was just a, a great throwback to the 80s movie where you walked in, you were entertained, and you walked out, and there was no like life lesson or, or chastising you for being anti-this or pro-that. Like, no, 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 no. You just went in, you had a damn good time in the movie theater, and you went home. And you're saying this... This um, this movie does the same thing, right? Yes. 
and it does so in 95 minutes, which I really appreciate. It's not that I dislike longer, more developed stories, but it seems like everything is getting into the two, two and a half hour range now, and it it does away with Hitchcock's admonition to filmmakers back in the day to make your movies no longer than people's bladders could endure. And so with Cocaine Bear, it's just, you know, like I said, an hour and a half. You're in, you watch some previews, you watch a tremendous movie and then you can go about your day. It's not this huge investment where you have to plan your entire afternoon around. Okay. Well, there's a two fifteen showing, uh, this movie lasts two hours and 45 minutes, but then I've got to go to the grocery store. I've got to cook dinner. No, you just go to a movie and enjoy yourself and then get on with your day. Like my, I took my 15 year old daughter because I'm a responsible parent and, and, you know, we went to a 1215 showing, you know, two o'clock we're home or actually it was a little later. We, we made a pit stop by Lowe's. I'm uh, attempting some uh, mild home uh, repairs, which is always fun when you're uh, dealing with a house that's been previously owned, especially when the previous owner had a policy of I'm just going to drill holes until I they they manage to match up. So you think, oh, I'm just going to replace a towel bar. But then you're like, oh, no. Now I've got to do some some <laughs> patching. I've got to redo my drywall anchors altogether. But I digress. So anyway, yeah, go to the movie, came home, uh, took the dogs for a walk, and then smoked some chicken thighs for dinner. So it was a, a great Sunday where we got to go enjoy this movie. And again, it, it wasn't an event. It was just a little entertainment in the early afternoon. Yeah, and I love that. And 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 the cast and crew of this movie is legit too. I mean, it's directed by Elizabeth Banks. It has Carrie Russell, um, uh, the guy who played Han Solo, whose name I can't pronounce. Um, I mean, this is a this is a decent cast and and a, and a well done movie, right? Yes, uh, it's also got O'Shea Jackson Jr. Uh, for those of you who oh, are not right. yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, familiar with Ice Cube's real name, that is Ice Cube's son, uh, who very much resembles his father uh, down to the mannerisms that he has, facial expressions, uh, how he uses his hands. But it's it's got Ray Liotta, and it might turn out to be his final role. There was another movie that, and I forget the name of it, that he had been filming, and he had wrapped his parts, but I'm unsure if that movie was able to proceed. So this might be Ray Liotta's final movie, uh, and it was part of his you know, comeback when he was starting to, to find his career again. But just... A, a good cast, uh, not a true ensemble because it's not just heavyweight after heavyweight, but a ton of people coming together with these intertwined stories. Now, you know, it's ridiculous. It's about a coke, a bear on cocaine on a rampage, and it is extremely gory. Uh, just the, the level of gore, it's insane. And it, the thing is, though, Another thing, it's not, it doesn't dwell on being overly realistic and trying to make your your stomach turn. It's kind of also that throwback gore, like an army of darkness or something. Yeah. Where it's, it's, it's ridiculous. Like it's okay to laugh at just the tragedies that these people are experiencing as they all come together. You know, you've got the mom trying to rescue her daughter. You've got, uh, O'Shea, uh, ice cube jr. Trying to recover the cocaine, Ray Liotta trying to also cover the cocaine because he's not, uh, enthralled with how his, uh, his, uh, 
son and Ice Cube's son are doing the job. And it's just it's just fantastic. And, uh, you know, I'm being a little bit tongue in cheek when I say it should sweep the Oscars. But at the same time, it does show that Hollywood can still just make movies that are both original and purely, again, I can't stress this enough, focused on entertaining us. Yeah, that's so nice. I mean, it, it, it's weird that we've now done two shows where we say that it's rare for a movie to just be entertaining. Like, that it shouldn't be the case that you need to lecture Hollywood on how much they try and educate us now on uh, on the big screen, uh, or for that matter, on TV. Um, but, I mean, this the, the, what's great about this film is that it just, in, you know, in, you enjoy it, you have a great time, and then you can go on with your day, right? Right. And, you know, it's not that I'm against big drama or uh, things that do have lessons in them. It's just that Hollywood does it so poorly these days where they shoehorn a story into a very minor lesson about, you know, diversity and inclusion or girl power or whatever, you know, the director is going for. And so they have kind of a loose plot that that is just in service of this, you know, virtue signal point that they want to make and they don't do a good job. If they could do a good job with the storytelling and filmmaking, in addition to the lessons, you know, I'd be more tolerant. But when the only point is to deliver a two hour film that could have been a tweet. No, stop. Just stop, Hollywood. Don't do that anymore. Now, the supposed bear that was part of this is stuffed and exists somewhere, right? Yes. And the story of the stuffed bear is the real life version is incredible. So they found this bear. They uh, did an autopsy, determined what had happened. And so they stuffed it. And I forget the precise uh, the name of the gentleman, but there was a guy who had a, like a little store or something like that. And so he got the cocaine bear and had it on his display. And then he passed away and his wife, while sad that her husband had died, was also now freed to get rid of this thing, <laughs> which <laughs> ended up in the hands of Waylon Jennings. Of course who likes does. just bizarre things. So Waylon Jennings had it. Over time, it's been returned, and I think it's actually on display in a nature center back in Georgia now. But yes, it, at one point, and I believe the sale took it through Las Vegas as opposed to Nashville. But yeah, naturally, Waylon Jennings had the cocaine bear on display in his home for a while. Naturally. Uh, <laughs> okay, so when you watch a movie like this, you need the proper cocktail to enjoy with it. And uh, I, t- <laughs> I tasked Rich with this and he came up with a doozy. So I suggested we do one this week that had a sugar rim uh, because, you know, cocaine looks like sugar. Um, so why not have a sugar rim cocktail where you're watching a movie about a bear addicted to Coke? Um, and you, Rich, you came up with a great one. Um, this is an old school cocktail that a lot of people forgot about, but came back as part of the 2007 book Imbibe uh, which you, if you don't have, is great and makes a great Christmas gift. We should uh, remember that in a few months. Um, but uh, this this is a great cocktail to enjoy with a movie like this, right? 
Right. And especially as it's starting to warm up outside, it's, you know, where I am, it's a nice spring day, not too hot. And so I started uh, by the first drink I thought of was a lemon drop. And so I looked up the lemon drop and my experience with lemon drops was always in shooter form because I mainly drank them in college, but, uh, it is an actual cocktail, but it's not that unique. So while I was reading about the lemon drop, I came across the the brandy crusta recipe and I'm like, okay, this is an actual cocktail as opposed to a shooter that can be served in a glass. And as you mentioned, it is an old one. It was uh, first invented in the 1850s by Joseph Santini. Uh, this is according to liquor.com, and we'll link this, who was an Italian bartender in New Orleans. And he came up with it. The Chris Hanna, uh, who brought it in the book you mentioned, uh, changed the recipe a little bit. I suppose uh, Supposedly the original had more tartness to it, which I would actually appreciate. But it is uh, not... It's a simple cocktail, but it's not a simple cocktail. So you've got two ounces of brandy, a quarter ounce of a quarter ounce of orange Corso, which I did not have on hand. So uh, but I did have some Grand Marnier. So I just opted for that Uh, teaspoon of maraschino liqueur, half ounce fresh lemon juice, half ounce simple syrup and a dash of Angostura bitters. And you put that all in a shaker and uh, shake it up until it nice and cold and then put it in a coupe that's uh, been rimmed with sugar. And so we got the sugar rim, but in a slightly more elevated adult cocktail. And it is delicious. It's refreshing. Uh, and I would recommend trying one one time. It, it's one of those things that's not going to become your everyday. It's not like, oh, you know, I can't wait to have a brandy crusta. But on those days when you're feeling more playful and maybe sitting out on your porch and just want something light and refreshing and a little different, it is delicious. See, and I love that idea. And I love that it's the, cause, cause I, I too was struggling to come up with the idea of an adult cocktail that had a rim like that, but this is it. I mean, this, this is just spot on that cocktail. Um, it's also a, a bit of a Tennessee orange kind of color, which uh, is interesting. Yes. Yes, it is. So you get into, you know, the uh, there are a lot of characters uh, in the movie. It does uh, in, include Tennessee as the flight path. Uh, you know, if you look at the, the map of the United States, you go over uh, Tennessee and Georgia. And, and so it all ties in together. I love it. Um, all right. So when you're out uh, and about and you want something good to do uh, over the next few weeks, go see Cocaine Bear. And then make yes. sure you tell all your friends in Hollywood that it should win all the Oscars. Yes. And because it's a crazy one, you know, I, we should probably do a whole show again. I know we've touched on it a lot on owning physical media, but this is one that I will buy just as soon as it comes out in Blu-ray form, just in case 10 years from now, the cocaine bear becomes problematic. I will still (laughs) be able to enjoy it in its uncut form. Uh, you know, whatever might end up on a streaming service. That's right. I mean, th- th- that's a good point because this could be one of those movies that are, where they're like, well, we changed our mind. Uh, it's yeah. bad. So we're going to, we're not going to let you watch that anymore. You know, animal <laughs> cruelty or something like that, you know, right, something like that. Uh, all right, Rich. Thanks a bunch. <laughs> Thank you, Brad. Um,